What is going on, family members? Welcome back to another episode of Cruise Island. We are back. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? June 16th. Yep, I got it right today. It is Wednesday, June 16th, and I'm happy to have you guys with me. I got a hell of a show for you guys today. I got two VPs, the uh, the two VPs of, of Off the Ball Network coming on. Um, I'm I'm gonna go after at least one of them um, for some blasphemy that he says, some straight nonsense that he said. And I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, um, but we're about to get into it. Y'all already know know who I am. If you don't, I go by the name of Cruz, and this is Cruz Island. So like I said, we are back for another episode of Cruise Island. Again, I got two of the goats with me. I got VP Mo of the Up in Flames podcast and my guy Jess, Jeff of Jeff Needs Sports. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great, man. You you warmed us up. Like we, we prepped in the green room. Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm ready. It's, it's always a pleasure to uh, shipwreck on Cruise Island. Let me tell you that. Yeah, you know, if well, anybody should break, it wasn't it definitely not you, Jeff. But <laughs> go hey, ahead, I'm, Mo. I'm glad to be back on, bro. It's always love when we get together. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm mentally prepared. I know I know you're coming from ahead. I, I've I've tried to find great reasoning for what I said. I think it was just, you know, in the moment. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. To be honest, probably the most illogical take ever that you've come, you've heard come out of my mouth. So I'll take that on the chin. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can, can I just sidetrack us real quick? Cruz, Cruz, my man. This is the first time I've got to be on with like just us three. So just between us three, is that crazier than the Ocho Senko statement? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff went back to the beginning. For y'all that don't know, I'll just real quick. I'll just throw it out there. I own probably the second episode I think I was ever on on football and chill. I said Chad Johnson is a top five wide receiver of all. <laughs> I said that, and I stand by it. I stand by it. A year and a half later, I still think he's that. But we'll leave it at that. Jeff was like the first person to give us feedback on it, so you know that that's the backstory on the Ocho Cinco statement. One thing is, I do respect that you you stuck with it because. I mean, the reason I have this show and the reason it's called Cruise Island is because I stay with the hot takes and I stick to all mine. Again, just to recap a couple of them, DK Metcalf will be the greatest receiver of all time by the time by the time his career is done. Yeah, and he's going to pass Ocho Cinco at some point. He's so passed minute, Ocho so Cinco. Here's what we're saying. Like, let's let's reset this show. At some point in time, uh, Metcalf and Ocho Cinco are going to be two of the top five wide receivers of all time. That's what we're yes. saying here, gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much what I'm saying. And then my other one is uh, now that a year has been knocked off in the next two to four years, uh, Lamar Jackson, number eight of the Baltimore Ravens, will be on the bench somewhere, if not completely out of the league. I'm very weary to say out of the league. I believe he will be a bench player. Um, meanwhile, yeah, Chad, gonna... meanwhile, meanwhile, Chad Henney started a game last year or played a game last year. I think in about four years. Lamar Jackson will be Ryan Fitzpatrick's backup wherever they both end up in that career <laughs> at that point in time. That's why um, we're here. That's why we're get, here, folks. So, let's get <laughs> Jesus. So one more. Uh, I feel like is a little too American in here, Jeff. I know you're you're up there in Ohio. You're pretty close. 
Mo, you're all the way down in Texas. You, you're pretty much as far as you could possibly be. I'm about four hours from the north border. Uh, but we gotta bring we gotta bring our fellow Canadian in here. Oh no, uh, our guy Kenneth from the oh, shooters no. from the Wait shooters. Pod, you brought podcast. a Canadian in to talk about college football. This ought to be great. An outside perspective. I mean, I love thanks it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, hey, it's good to have you on. I'm excited to get your thoughts. So before we start, the before before I before I go head hunting real quick. For those of you that don't know, if you live under a rock or for whatever reason you don't follow sports, the college football playoff pretty much it is all but certain that it will be expanding to 12 teams. Now, is it, a good, is it a good idea or not? We'll get into that. But first things first, I need to say it. Mo Murphy, host of the Up in Flames podcast, my guy, my first ever guest on my podcast. He's been with me since basically day one. I've been with him since day one. There will never be no ill feelings. <laughs> It'll always be love. But you said one of the dumbest things I've ever heard on not only this network, not only talking about football, not just on any any show anywhere. You up there with Skip Bayless. You up there with Colin Cowherd. You are up there. Now, for those of you well, that did goat. not listen to I his show. I just want to put that out there. I'm a GOAT then. Like, I'm up there with the GOATs. I'll take it. Oh, I don't disagree I with that. I, I'll take it. I wouldn't say Skip Bayless is a GOAT. He's just been around the game for a while. Now, for those of you that did not catch his show, now, he, he did last week his own show talking about the playoff expansion. I wasn't able to be on that show, lucky for him, because I would have had all this from the jump. But actually, lucky for me, because then I wouldn't have been able to do this on my own show. But he said, with the 12 teams, out of the 12 teams, the first 10 spots, should go to the conference champion and the runner-up in the, in the team that the they Power just Five Conference. I'm gonna say that again for those of you that are like, whoa, hold on, that that's that's not what he said. It is. I got the receipts. He said, of the twelve spots, one through five should be the champions of the Power Five. Each of the Power Five con- conferences: the Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. Spot six through ten, the runner up of each of those conferences. The, the team the that just two, lost. The, the other game. two can be whoever he he doesn't care at that point. Which at that point, it's a stupid system too. Mo, why? Why? So 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 let me break this down. All right. So my reasoning, I'm not big. Oh, I, I'm all for twelve teams. First off, because I, I am all in on twelve teams. I'm all in on these. What we used to know as BCS bowls that turned into if they're not a playoff game, they're the New Year's Six Bowl, and that means nothing. A lot of players are sitting. I'm tired of seeing that. But my thought process, you know, and it sounded a lot better before it came out. But my thought process was really that, you know, if you don't have a shot to win your conference, why should you have a shot to win a national championship? And I know the backlash and part of it, part the big part, and I, I'll say it, the, the biggest thing for me was the SC, to prevent SEC bias. And it'll st- even in that scenario, if that realistically happened, it still would have some SEC bias because there would be two at-large bids. Basically, if we broke it down, we probably have, what, the highest, uh, you know, non-Power 5 school, the BYU's, Boise State's, and then it'd probably be the third best SEC team. I would That's how I would assume it would happen 
because we look at the playoffs. They're the only conference that have multiple teams in the playoffs in the same year. There was, there's been a year where they contemplated three of the four teams in Ohio State. Is, is, you know, they, they make the arguments. Clemson. They have done it. Clemson and Notre Dame were in last year. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, there's been a time where they've had to make an argument that last year, matter of fact, uh, what was it? Texas A&M deserved a spot and then had Florida. Had Florida have won the um, SEC championship, the argument would have been Alabama, Florida, Texas A&M, Clemson, who, who would have earned the spot because Ohio State was the undefeated Big Ten champions. That was a scenario people were talking about that could have been realistic. Could Clemson have not have made it had Florida won the, the, you know, the SEC championship. I understand it wouldn't happen, but that was a scenario. So there's major SEC bias. I feel like that scenario prevents as much SEC bias as possible. Because if we talk about 12 teams, I guarantee three, maybe four, almost every year SEC teams are getting. But why, if, if Oregon plays USC in the Pac-12, why does... LSU, who didn't play in the SEC championship, already has a mano-a-mano against Bama in the regular season, get a shot at being deemed the best team in the country when you can't compete for your conference championship. And I get it. Some some sides are stronger than the others. Mainly in the SEC and Big Ten is mainly where we talk about a lopsided side for the simple fact, like Bama and LSU are on the same side. Then you talk about, I mean, even though it's really been irrelevant the past few years, but hoping that Michigan ever gets back to any type of prominence since the 60s. But they're on the same side. And then you have, what, Wisconsin and Northwestern, and if I'm not mistaken, Michigan State on the other side. So you would talk about, like, you know, like my whole thing is, if Bama play LSU in the regular season, the winner of that doesn't, typically doesn't play in the SEC championship. So why should LSU have a shot? They already had a shot at getting, why should they have a chance of winning the national championship? Isn't the national champion the best team in the country? How are you deemed the best team in the country when you're not a conference champion, let alone a conference runner-up? What's kind of my point on that? Jeff, or Kenneth, I'm going to get your response because I don't think you were on the show with him the other day, were you? No. All right, I want to get your response to that. I mean, as someone who is a casual college football fan, Texas A&M fan, for when I do watch college football. It feels like it's just an imperfect situation, and they think that going to more teams is going to fix it, when in reality it's not. It's it's going to generate more revenue, which is probably the main reason why they're expanding it. But to me, it seems like I, I, I just I don't understand what the expansion is outside of money. That's just for me from the outside perspective. So there's there's really two sides to the expansion. There's like what you just said, there's the committees and call NCAA's side of expansion, which like you just said is for money. And what we as fans pretend that expansion is going to be and to let the little guys in, the Cincinnati's, the BYU's, the Coastal Carolinas, UCF. But here's the thing. I, and I see you guys shaking your head. I'm glad you guys I'm glad you guys are shaking your head because here's the biggest thing and the biggest argument that I I hate hearing everybody say, and you guys said a lot the other, the other day on, on Sunday was, well, if it was like that this year, these would be the 12 teams. And obviously you had the Cincinnati BYU, all that, but that's assuming that the rankings would be the same as the, the, that the committee would be going into these rankings in a 12 playoff in a 12 team playoff 
the same way they went into a four. Because right now, you have one through four. However you want to see them, there's there's the you know controversy, the discussion behind that. And then you usually have five and six are obviously the first two teams out who you can say deserve a spot. And then you'll go down to where the biggest, the highest group of five team is. In this case, it was BYU for most of the year. Now, if it's a 12-team playoff, and, and I said this in the group chat when it was announced and we were talking about it, all that's going to do is give more room for the bigger schools who don't really deserve a chance. And I, and I gave you the example that the the NCAA would rather put in, you know, the first round be an undefeated or the second round be an undefeated Ohio State team against perhaps a three-loss Georgia team or a three-loss SEC team, whoever it ends up being, rather than an OSU and an undefeated Cincinnati or a UCF, something like that. Because at the end of the day, their job is to make money. They, they don't want a group of five school in. And which is why I think 12 teams is way too much and it's a terrible system and, and it's going to fail eventually. I don't think that – because here's the biggest problem is eventually you're going to have to stop. The NCAA, uh, the basketball side of the NCAA is, is in a sense privileged that you can play so many games. It's not a high-contact sport like football is. That's why there's so few games where you can do a field of 68 and give the, the you know, UCMBs a chance to beat a Virginia, which eventually, you know, can and will and did happen, can't do that in football. So if we expand to 12 teams, then you're looking at 13, 14, and 15, and 16 saying, oh, well, you know, that one-loss UCF team should have gotten in over a three-loss Georgia team or a two-loss Oregon team. When in actuality, you're going to make that argument no matter how many things. We did it with the BCS. We did it with the playoff coalition. We've done it, and we're going to keep doing it. So, Jeff, what is your perfect solution in your head? I know you don't like to talk hypotheticals. You're on board with the 12. Uh, From my understanding, you're on board with it, but you're not a huge fan of it. What do you think should be the, the how many teams should be in the playoff? Yeah, that, that that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's your show, man. Uh, we'll talk about whatever you want. I, you know, I originally honestly would have been satisfied with eight teams. You know, I think you wait till the conference championships are played and you just you watch those games. You would obviously two or three of the teams would really sift themselves to the top, like Mo talked about the SEC champions going, the Big Ten champions going, even if it, you know they're a two loss or whatever they've proved their way and then you start having the debates about who else needs in and and but once again i want to be fully clear i am not a fan of the other five conferences like i don't care about them i'm not a little guy like i'm a football fan i watch i watch the big programs i watch usc ohio state texas alabama you know, you guys all know the names. I watch them recruit hard every year. I watch them play better every year. I watch them play harder schedules. I am not like I don't need the other five, you know, conferences to automatically get a spot if I don't feel they're good enough. Now, if they do get a spot, I'm also not against it. I just need essentially as a fan, I just need more games. I want, you know, I want more games to to settle it because I see so many good I I know I brought this up from last year as far as a hypothetical. Oklahoma was rolling at the end of last year. 
And I totally think that they could have held their own. They were definitely um, just I'll, I'll use Notre Dame because they lost, but we can even say Clemson. They were playing better than Notre Dame and Clemson at the end of the year. I totally think that I, I think they deserved a shot at Ohio State and Alabama. Uh, that they didn't get because they started off the season rough with a new quarterback and all that, and those those two losses killed them. That's what college football has been like that forever. Um, but what and I know we have to give that up. We have to give this magical undefeated season up. The everything's about the loss column. And all right, I'm willing to concede that because you know the week after the conference championships, I you know I want to tune into a you know let's say last year would have been a BYU or Coastal Carolina at Oklahoma game. I am sitting down, I am watching that. If Oklahoma destroys, you know, good for them. They they prove the big guys right. If uh, you know Coastal Carolina has the upset, we all remember it. But yeah, I thought eight would have been fine. Like I said, just as simple as you know let. I don't. I didn't even need guaranteed entrance. Um, I, I think we could have waited after the conference championships and then had the same old argument. But I think another round would have been fine with me. And but what I keep going back to to clarify and Cruz has brought it up and I appreciate it. I keep talking about well, this is what they're giving us is the twelve. If they said it was sixteen, then we'd be having. I'd be having the conversation about sixteen. But it's these TV rights, these contracts are so long. I mean, I think we we're going to be eight years into the 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 first. Uh, playoff format before we even have a change it's not like the nfl to where they have a union and a group and a management group that can decide on a dime to change these things if if they screw it up now and, and keep it at four we've got to wait another eight years if they go to 12 and they're wrong you're right but it's another eight years so like if i i have to have some sort of expansion so honestly that's probably 99 percent of the reason I'm, I'm on board is because if they don't do it now um i'm going to be honestly in my 50s guys when we expand the college football playoffs, and I just that that just doesn't sit with me. Mo, it is because we we obviously all know that the committee and the NCAA they're they're worried about viewership, they're worried about numbers because that generates revenue. Should that is that really an issue though? Is that a legitimate concern? Because let's say it is the first round of a 12, 12 team playoff, and we're watching you know, number five, whoever against a number 12, you know, UCF or, or BYU, are people really not going to watch it? Um, so my argument, <clears throat> my argument and why I'm all for it is because when you look at five through 12 or even five through 16, just for rankings purposes, those are the new year six bowls. Those are the matchups that we watch on the new year six matchups yep. that players sit out. Players sit the fifth best team in the country might have their star player who's a junior had a chance at a Heisman or was best player at his position, not playing that game. Hence, we've seen it with Florida, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius, Tony, uh, their best safety. They all sat that game. The reason why is because I'm about to go to the draft and, and I don't care about draft stock. I don't really care about that and how this implements draft stock. Stu made that argument, and I'm with Jeff. I don't care about what the quarterback at Oklahoma does in the NFL. Honestly, I really don't because I'm a college football fan and I'm an NFL fan, but I could care less. Ohio State has great quarterbacks at college every year. Go to the NFL and don't do nothing. I really don't care because we're on Ohio State's on to the next great quarterback that we're going to have for the next two to three years, so I'm fine with that. But those games don't matter. Now, if you expand to 12, 
that, you know, that Oklahoma versus UCF game that would have been the Orange Bowl that wasn't a playoff game that maybe Spencer Rattler sits out next year because he's about to go to the NFL or maybe their star wide receiver Rambo sits out next year because he's about to go to the NFL. Now that doesn't happen, which therefore means I'm going to watch that game. It was tough to watch that Florida game. I watched it, but not everybody's a big time fan of just flat out college football like we are. We like watching college football. I'm not a USC fan, but if USC and Oregon are playing Pac-12 after dark, I'm going to watch that game. I care to watch that game. That's going to be a great game. But you take away the meaning of some of these bowl these A lot of these bowl games have become meaningless. Players sit out. We've seen it. Leonard Fournette sat the one year. I think that was the true start of, like, see, that's what happens with the 14 playoffs because even in the BCS format, you play – for the bowl game to represent your conference. Everybody played for a national championship, but we had the year where there were tied national champions. We had the year, Ohio State, like it meant everything to go and win the Rose Bowl if you weren't one or two. It meant everything to be Ohio State and go play Oregon or USC or Washington, whoever won the Pac-12. That matchup meant everything. You winning the Rose Bowl at the end of the year as the third best team was highly successful. It was considered highly successful. And you even look at Ohio State and people like, we had a very successful season. Granted, last year was COVID, so a lot of things would change. But we had a very successful season, beating Clemson. But everybody like, oh, my God, it meant nothing because y'all went and got smacked by Alabama. But it's like, bro, like, because it takes two games to win the championship. It's just like in the NFL. If, if the Cleveland Browns, they had a successful season last year. They didn't win the Super Bowl. Only one team can win a championship. That doesn't take away from the success of seven, eight, nine, ten other teams who won a playoff game, who made it to the playoffs against all odds, uh, who won their division. That's still a successful season. You want to see better. You want to see eventually win a championship. But I think with 12 teams, all these bowl games matter now. Like these New Year's Six games, they matter. And you're going to get – you're probably going to get better matchups because with 12 teams, like you said, key thing, only reason I brought up the 12 teams from like last season was just perspective – of matchups, I know that won't be the 12, but it's just perspective of what kind of matchups we would have seen had this been in last year. But you'll see maybe because it's all about money, I'll rank Oklahoma five. I think Georgia is eight, but to get them to play Oklahoma, I put them at 11. So I or or 12, I put them at 12. They could be eight or nine, but all those teams are, I put them at 12. Now I get to see an Oklahoma Georgia matchup. Everybody gonna watch that. You might not watch it if it's not a playoff game because these guys might sit. But now that they have a shot at a national championship by being in this playoff, everybody's playing. All the coaches are coming to coach hard. All the players are coming to play hard because what do you play for? You play for a championship. And when these bowl games mean nothing, these New Year's Six Bowls mean absolutely nothing anymore. You change that by expanding the college football playoff and making all these bowl games matter. Because like I said, if the Fiesta Bowl isn't a playoff game, you're liable to have the star players sit out and not play. And I'm against that because that makes college – that's what makes college football great is these guys, they're playing for a paycheck. They ain't got that paycheck yet. And I understand they, about to get paid, they should get paid, but they're playing for that paycheck. And the NFL, you see the last two games people sit – you don't see that in college football, but once these bowl games started becoming meaningless, it got like, uh, you know, we need to fix this because we can't be having Leonard Fournette not play on New Year's Day. We can't have, you know, Kadarius, Tony, and Kyle Pitts sitting on New Year's Day. So that's the main reason why I'm all for it is because you'll make 
way more bowl games against big time teams matter. And I am with Jeff. I could care less if Coastal Carolina get a shot or not. I'd much rather in the first round see Oregon versus Georgia, Oklahoma versus, you know, Wisconsin. I'd be all four or five through 12 being no small time teams. Unless, like Jeff said, they really impressed me and deserve the spot. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. And, I, and Mo, I think we're on the same page that you're ahead of the curve is, um, you know, the the presentation that we get, what these bowl games are compared to the buzz. You know, guys, we're in the business. We talk to people or we go to work or, you know, whatever. We talk to people. The buzz isn't there for these college football bowl games anymore. Um, and I think that NCAA or whoever's in charge here, like we know Cruz famously against the NCAA, which he's not wrong. Um, they got to get ahead of this because that's what I mean. If they don't expand now in six years, I think we have a real, real problem at, at the end of the year. And I, I think, Mo, I think Mo, you're, I think you're on the right track there. Like, yeah, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to watch, but even some of the games I don't watch that, that Florida game is a great example. That was a, uh, you know, I felt good for Oklahoma. Great. That's cool. But it wasn't a game. You know, you know what I mean? Like at, just like the playoff games were or like, uh, the, you know, the SEC championship game was really good. And when you um, wins that year, like the, the, the when UCF won that year and deemed themselves national champs by being undefeated and winning that bowl game. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't it against LSU when Leonard Fournette sat? No, it was against Auburn. It wasn't against no, LSU. No, no the bowl L game that they won was against Auburn. Auburn. Well, no, but who, but everybody sat that LSU game too. Like everybody everybody sat, sat that game. I think they played UCF like two years later. Yeah, or, or the year before because when Leonard Fournette sat, a small school won that game, and it was one of those everybody like, sat that Half win. The team sat. Yeah, that win doesn't happen. That game doesn't – that result doesn't happen if they're playing for a national championship. If that game means I go on to the next round and compete for a national championship, I'm yeah. all against load management I'm all in, in professional sports, but I do understand it because of injuries and dinged up and you get the, the result. I, I, I used to be until this this NBA yeah, playoffs. I'm starting to question everything like, I knew. Yeah, it's changed a little bit, but there was so many different factors, quick turnaround. But in college football, I don't want to see the start – College football is built on big-time programs and the stars of those big-time programs. Yep. That's yep. what college football, that's what college sports is built on. The, the, the stars do run the sport, even though it, you're going to watch Ohio State, you're going to watch USC because of the name. But then when they have a star quarterback, it's amazing. Look at all the buzz USC getting coming into this season by having a quarterback who they think could be a top, you know, one of the five best quarterbacks coming into the draft. USC could have nothing else. They got a great quarterback that they plan on have a shot at a Heisman. That means everything. So imagine him playing through the whole season, being in the Heisman race, and then come bowl game, he don't play. I, I will say, like, because obviously the three of you are more diehard college football fans than I am, but I like the points that Mo makes because, I mean, what would incentivize me as a casual college football fan to turn on an Oklahoma if Rattler's not playing? Like, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to turn it on because to me, it's like, oh, like Oklahoma's on. And then I could have someone say, oh, well, their QB's not playing because he's getting ready for the draft. And I'm like, oh, click. Like, like, I'm just not going to turn it on. So I see why the NCAA now from that perspective is trying to incentivize these guys with a shot at a national title. So that doesn't happen. And so a casual fan such as myself will actually turn it on because as you said, college football, it's built on stars. It's built on recruiting. It's built on 
you know, these big programs, it differs from college basketball in that sense, because while those big programs like the Duke and Kentucky's have great recruiting classes, takes one hot shooting night and a team can go down. And I don't think that happens in college football very often, if at all. So I, I understand it from that perspective when it came to what Mo was talking about. But if we're going to sit here and say that, oh, the certain certain outcomes wouldn't happen if X, Y, and Z was different, if the stars were aligned in a different way, why even play the game then? Why not go back to the, the bowl coalition or just the, the final voting at the end of the year to vote on a national champion? Because if we're so certain certain outcomes wouldn't, would or would not happen, there's no point in playing the game. No, because but you don't get talking, the matchups with the old system. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about like we're talking about a game like Auburn playing against UCF. If players sit, like you don't watch the game. It's not even about it's not even about who wins or loses at this point. It's about sell me. It's it's just like the NFL. Like how interested are you in your team if your injury if your star quarterback hurt or the last two two weeks of the season you'll watch your I, I, team. I don't know what it feels like to have a star quarterback. But, but, but I, I know what it's like to not have one. Yeah, that, that's true too. But you go into the last two weeks, like prime example, the NFL. It could get very dry for some teams if certain teams aren't fighting for a spot. All right, we're going to the playoffs. We can't get that first round by. We can't get the matchup we want. We sit our starters. We see it in the NBA towards the end of the season. I have the one seed locked up, and I get it. It's pro sports, but you start becoming towards the end of the season. It drags on sometimes. We've had years in the NFL where them last couple of weeks have dragged on because a lot of players are sitting. You're contemplating. The only way you may follow it is because you're playing fantasy football. Fantasy football keeps all 16, now 17, or 18 weeks alive for the simple fact you're still scrounging around. Oh, let me get rid of this guy because he's not playing. But when it comes to bowl games, Stars build these programs like coaches and recruiting classes. Recruiting is year round. And we pay attention to that as a fan of the program. You know your recruiting class. You know how great it is. You pay attention to the recruiting rankings. That's all part of college football. But if those guys are not playing in these bowl games, why am I watching them? Why am I what like what makes you and like Kenneth said, what makes a casual fan? How do you develop a bigger fan base? Forget a team just of the sport if People don't watch the baseball regular season consistently, but they watch the playoffs. People might not watch tennis, but you'll watch, you know, at like the Wimbledon. Like you'll watch something big. You you know, uh, the Euro. People don't watch soccer, but the Euro going on right now. You got guys like watch soccer. It matters. So these bowl games, the NCAA tournament for basketball is when the sport really matters. That's when the whole world, the NFL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, the final, all that. That's when everything matters. You have people who don't watch football watch the Super Bowl. Why? Because it's all the stars. It's the, it's the biggest event. That's what the bowl season is supposed to be for college football, to put all these guys on a national television stage for everybody to see and everybody to watch. And if you take away stars, you take away – nobody wants to watch – I'm sorry. Like, the year we had Chase Young and stuff, nobody – I almost went. I would watch Ohio State because I love Ohio State. But if we would have sat Chase Young and and you know our two of our running backs, Justin Fields don't play, it's not the same. Like you don't have because that bowl game don't matter. We never sat guys because that's just not the way the program built, and and our guys weren't built that way. But you can always get a guy who's like, bro, if I'm not playing for a national championship, I'm about to be a top five pick, top ten pick, whatever, top t first round. Why am I gonna? Go out here and hurt myself when there's no end game. 
winning the Orange Bowl is not is not a college football playoff game that year. There's no in game. You get no prize for winning at all. Like it because those bowl games don't mean anything. We used to see the best team in the Big Twelve versus the best team in the SEC in the Cotton Bowl. And that mattered. The Big 12, knowing that Oklahoma might go into the season, knowing I'm not going to be one of the two best teams, but I get to win the Cotton Bowl, that mattered. Holding that Rose for Ohio State at the end of the year, that mattered. Now, holding the Rose Bowl, if it's not a college football playoff, doesn't even matter because you, you were probably the second best team in the Big 10. Like, we send the guy we beat to go win the Rose Bowl and possibly compete against Oregon or something. That doesn't matter. Who cares? If Northwestern wins the Rose Bowl, who really cares? They didn't even win the Big 10. They're not, that's like a consolation prize. They're not even big, to, big 10 champs. So it prevents a lot of these stars from a lot of these big programs from sitting. That's what I'm all for. Cause I've seen it too many times that players sit. I saw it with Florida. I saw it with LSU. I've seen it with Auburn. I would have, I, I thought we were going to see it with Ohio state that one year when we played against Washington, I thought Dwayne Haskins and all those boys was going to sit. I really did. But that's what made me say like, ah, urban Meyer all pedal to the metal at that point in time, regardless. I want to see the stars play. That's like that in every sport. I don't care about tennis if Roger Federer ain't out there. I don't care about golf if I ain't got Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Like, I want those guys out there. I'm not finna watch golf. I'm not watching any sport without the stars. You see how disinterested some people are becoming in the NBA playoffs right now because all the stars are getting hurt. Like, people are like, oh, my God, we've gotten to the point. There's no stars out there. What are we? There's, there's few, but then you see Kawhi get hurt, and it's like, oh, my God, like, here goes another one. You got... You know, eight of the 10 best players not playing right now. And, and so you look at the playoffs a little bit different if you don't, if you're a casual fan who don't really love basketball. So I don't, how do you grow your audience? How do you even accustom more money if you don't incentivize these guys who are going to be, know they're going to be first round picks to play the game? And that's, that's the whole point too. You talk about growing audience, like as a, as a college football fan, like that, it is based so much in tradition and things like that. And you touched on it right there, like how baseball struggle with this for, two decades now how do you keep new fans coming in well the system that's in in play now just like mo says like you're trying to explain to a kid like oh no this game means everything and you're like well what do they win you're like nothing <laughs> but that's but like explaining it's but, to me <laughs> yeah exactly it's like yeah it'd be like me trying to tell kenneth like man no trust me you got to watch the rose bowl it means everything and even though it, it doesn't you know what I mean? Like that that's the point. So I think you got to get more teams involved. Yes, I, I recognize it changes the regular season. It changes this, but guys, we're all sports fans here, and we've seen how being stuck in tradition and and not letting go of the past will hurt. Uh sports. Uh, we've seen it, you know, every sport has its struggles. NFL's had struggles with like not progressing even them last year like yeah let's go ahead and let another team in the playoffs we don't care um you know basketball has come around on several things over the years to make it like instead of being so stuck in the mud you know and worrying about the 60 year old fans like start worrying about the six-year-old fans you know and college football is really teetering on that right now you can't you can't go down the road of major league baseball and hinge everything on like you know we don't want to like basically that we don't want to do the old, we don't want to screw this up for 50 year old white guys. Like we want to keep it going as long as we can. Like boxing did that for years and years. And then all of a sudden you have this huge generation gap that doesn't understand why college football has four teams planned that you're talking a generation that watches soccer tournaments, that watches the Euro that watches the world cup. And they're like, wait a minute, 
they're bringing in 32 teams and they're playing this out and it's do or die and all these things. And they're like, college football is like, how many you guys got out of, out of 132 teams? Oh, we, we just, we just sent four. Like it, it, it's just, if they're, they're, um, they're going to, they're going to cut their own throat if they get stuck in this. What's that? I said, even the world cup's expanding. They're going from 32 to 48, which is huge for them. People, people want, people want consequences. People want games that matter. Um, you know, I, I, we, it's, it, it is what it is. Yes. In 30 years, do we take the risk that USC Stanford doesn't mean as much that USC Notre Dame doesn't mean as much that high state Michigan doesn't fine. I, I mean, that's, 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 that's just what we're going to do. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, we just have to keep moving forward with this thing. And there's so many good players out there right now. There's so many good programs. There's so many good, there's schools and quarterback camps and all this. There's no way that only four teams deserve a shot to win a national championship. I just think it's, I think that's, I just think that's a ridiculous way to look at a sport that has so many great players and great teams. And I think you diminish the gap. Like to me right now in college football, what people are saying, and I get exact, Oh, keep it at four teams. Cause we're always, we're always only seeing Clemson, Ohio state, Alabama, and somebody else. You know, LSU ended up winning it a couple of years ago, but it seemed, and that's what it pretty much seems like, is it's Clemson, Alabama, uh, Ohio State, and somebody else, whether it's Notre Dame or Oklahoma or maybe Florida. But my whole thing is you recruit it. I'm going to go to Ohio State because the 14 committee has shown, they've even showed a bias to Ohio State before. We didn't win the conference championship and we still got in. We got the nod because we're Ohio State, because we're the brand. Uh, Clemson hasn't run into that problem because they run through the ACC, but Alabama, you know, that year, Alabama, Georgia, when Georgia won the SEC championship there, Alabama knew they was going to get in win or lose because they're, they're, the, the recruiting goes there. That's where all the stars are, but I think you diminish and I think it'll be small, but enough of the gap where you might look and there may not be as much of a gap. You might not see teams like, and, and I speak for my team because I know our roster you might not see eight of the top 10 wide receivers of the past two recruiting classes go to Ohio State when they know I could go to Northwestern and have a shot. And, and we're not talking about going to the BYUs and making Boise State's great. We're talking about still in the power five. So that's where I'm with Jeff. I don't care about the little schools. But you start raising up those like Michigan State, who's a really good program and be in it every year, but they miss out on recruits because those guys look, yeah, I want to go to Michigan State. But, man, Penn State got way more of a chance. All they got to do is beat Ohio State that year, and they might go to the playoffs. Like, that's the hump Penn State has to get over. If they beat Ohio State, they have a shot. Or they go to Ohio State because they be like, look at them. They in there almost every year. Or I'm going to go to Alabama. But if you take that away and now guys go to Texas A&M because I don't have to load up at Bama. I can start. There's third-string guys at Bama that can start at Texas A&M right now. But they don't take that chance because they're like, Man, Nick Saban over there. The recruiting is over there. All eyes are on them come the college football playoffs. But now all eyes will be on 12 different teams, which means you start elevating those middle of the pack in each conference, those Northwesterns, those Washingtons, Michigan States, Tennessees, like Tennessees who have a historical program but haven't Texas, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. Those guys start getting some of those recruits and maybe it's more four stars instead of five stars, but you diminish the gap just a little bit and you don't have these loaded five teams every year. 
Everybody load up there because they know that's my shot at the NFL because that's the only way people are going to look at me. People ain't watching the Orange Bowl because I might be a freshman. I could stand out at Ohio State. Maybe, maybe not. But I can't stand out at Oklahoma because my star quarterback going to sit. And now ain't nobody watching the bowl game. Scouts don't really care about my game. They care about the best athletes compete for a national championship. So that's where I'm at. And I think you could diminish and build some of these power five teams that are like, can't get over the hump in recruiting. I think they could get over that hump and ultimately make some of the regular season a little more competitive. Just yeah. a little bit. That's all you need is a little bit. It doesn't you take much. Have a little bit more of a fight to beat Ohio State than they typically do. It you takes one. It takes one quarterback, Mo. You and I saw it. Justin Fields is leaving Georgia. He's going to go to probably Penn State or High State. That is a huge power swing. I'm um, just saying that's one player. That's just one player. Or or Alabama. Uh, when um, Jalen Hurts left, you know where's he going to go? He goes to Oklahoma. They go. They go to the playoffs. Like it's 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 that simple. That's one player. So you're talking. What if it's two players? Then all of a sudden, like okay. You know what I mean? Cool. So I totally agree with that. I've said this for the only way we're going to start spreading out this talent gap that we have right now in college football, which I want everybody to be clear. It does not benefit my team, Ohio State, to do this. Like the 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 more exclusive the, the party stays, you know, the better it is for Ohio State. I'm saying this as a college football fan. The only way we're going to start spreading this talent out across the country is that more teams are going to have a shot. Uh, the TV is going to be more fair. Like when we see the game – you know, it's it's going to be portrayed as, you know, playoff or, or championship contenders rather than the other guys. Like, oh, uh, instead of being portrayed as an upset all the time, like, oh, can this team knock off Alabama? It'll be two teams got a shot at the title. You know, if Alabama wins, they win. Um, but I think it's I think it's the only shot to start to start even and out the game. I really do. Because because look at Ohio State stacked up at quarterback right now, like. We got three quarterbacks that could start and we get a fr and then we're getting the number one quarterback in the country coming to Ohio State next year in a loaded quarterback room right now where you look at who doesn't start might transfer. But the transfer portal has opened up some talent gaps, but that's only for a year or two. Some guys try and thug it out as long as they can and then realize like it's too late or that's why you have these guys who have one great year and, and they end up getting high draft stock go to the NFL because they've always had the talent. But they ended up transferring. Hence, Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow left, goes to LSU, has a mediocre year, and then pops. Surround him with talent. All the talent pops, and boom. What is he? The number one pick in the draft. Like, and that was a guy who was hidden at Ohio State because he went to Ohio. He always wanted to be at Ohio State. He's from Ohio. But still, like, he was hidden at Ohio State and had to compete with a Dwayne Haskins, was behind a JT Barrett for the simple fact that Ah, my best shot at prominence is at Ohio State. Had he known he could have went somewhere else the whole time, Joe Burrow probably go somewhere else the whole time. But now those guys that 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 you know, if if we have a quarterback winner, the two guys behind him will probably transfer at Ohio State because we got the number one quarterback in the country who guys are talking great of, and we have a shot at the junior, uh, you know, Manning. We got a shot at him. Ohio State's being considered he's going on a visit. Why is he going to Ohio State when you'd be like, man, for the next four years, they're loaded at quarterback. Why would he consider it? Why would he not go to Florida or Oklahoma State or, or whoever? Well, that's because Ohio State is guaranteed. Is they win the Big Ten. They've been winning the Big Ten. They go to the college football playoff. Now you put 12 teams. Now he might go 
I won't say Northwestern just because it's a man. I might go to Tennessee, though. Tennessee's a great yeah, example. He might go to Tennessee, but he has the family ties there. But he's not going to Tennessee because they don't have a shot because they know it's only four teams. They're not out beating Alabama. But now that you put 12 teams, Tennessee ain't shooting to be number four. They're shooting to be number seven or eight. They're shooting to be number nine or yep. ten. Yep. And now I got a shot at playing for a national championship. So I think it shakes up recruiting a little bit. And like Jeff said, that doesn't benefit Ohio State. We're loaded at every position. If guys start looking and being like, man, I could go – to Maryland and have a shot, or I could go to Michigan State and have a shot. We lose a couple of recruits at every position. We don't load up and be three deep at every position. So now we're stuck to some of those teams. If one injury happens, they fall off the face. We've seen it with University of Miami. We've seen it with a lot of teams where you look at Ohio State and they'd be like, man, they quarterback got hurt. Man, look at the other two they got behind them. You, you won't see that as much if they spread the talent. And the only way to do that is to put more teams that have a chance of a national championship. So that that is the main reason why I'm all for it is because recruiting teams will become a little bit better. You just need certain teams to elevate a little bit, just yep. a little bit. Yep. A two loss team needs to be a one loss team. A three loss team needs to become a two loss team. That's the little bit of elevation you need over the next couple of years. And then it changes to now that two loss team is always competing in their conference. Now you have Ohio State and Wisconsin is truly neck and neck. Because some of those guys aren't going to Ohio State, but I could go on the opposite side, go to Wisconsin. We battle undefeated, and we play in the Big Ten Championship, but however you want to look at it, you just need certain teams to make that one extra win jump, maybe even two. And you talking about a lot of one and two lost teams, or you're talking about a truly great three lost team that had to play. Man, everybody they lost to was just better, but they're great teams. I could see any one of those three teams win the national championship. So that, that's my biggest thing is recruiting and, and more – Time, because like you said, Kenneth, he doesn't watch college football like that, but he'd be willing to watch it if I could sell him that this Orange Bowl matters because that it matters. It's just got to matter. Play. Yeah, that's the only way to make these games matter again. The system to make the games matter again. That's what. That's what. Do you know what the ca casual fan loves more than anything in sports? A Cinderella. A Cinderella. And you get that Look with at, a playoff. You no, you don't. Not if not if all you're doing is putting nothing but but power five schools. Oh in there. no, no, no. I don't Just think because so. they're, well, they're bigger. Cinderella, though. But it still becomes a Cinderella though. Yeah, I, 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 agree. Know, I don't care how I don't care how good BYU was this year. I don't care how good Coastal Carolina was. I and I know you say why well, play the game, so I know you hate guarantees. But I guarantee Coastal Carolina don't win four games to win the national championship in the twelve team scenario. I can guarantee Thanks. that. Nobody ever thought George, uh, George Mason could win, you know, however many games they basketball, wanted to go to the basketball is different than football. Basketball, but, has at, the end of the, but, at, but at the end of the day, though, you're still you play the game to play the game, right? But basketball is different than football. There's a lot more factors in football for upsets to happen. Basketball, I can have one star on a bad team and I can win that game that day against a team that I have no business on the court on. I just need one star. Football isn't like that. There's too many factors. If you're a great offensive team and lacking on but, the defense, but, but didn't you didn't you disagree with Jeff when he said when Justin Fields goes or when Jalen Hurts went that changed it completely to a to a talented team though. Like we're talking about a truly Ohio State was talented everywhere. But, but but maybe Cruz has a point. I mean, Cruz, you might be right. Maybe one of these guys takes a chance on maybe Trey Lance. You know, say it's not North Dakota State, but say he goes to 
um, I don't know, Minnesota. We'll say Minnesota. Yeah. Maybe he can carry them to a national championship. Because, because like you guys were just saying, how you know Ohio State's not going to be completely sacked because then a team can go to a Michigan State or Maryland and elevate that team. Those three- and four-star recruits that were at Maryland can now go to a Cincinnati, a BYU, a Coastal Carolina, UCF, Possibly. and elevate Possibly. those teams. I'm not all for, like, with 12 teams, it, I'm not all for not giving the little guy a shot. But don't don't, don't start it I, off and I'm have not, three. I, no, 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 no. I'm not at all saying that. But from, I'm, with you, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you What I'm that. gathering from what you were saying is you want all 12 teams to be all power five because you don't care oh, about no, the no, no, no. I wouldn't be. I just don't care. I just don't, I don't care. I don't care about the story of BYU. But if, if, if Zach Wilson had got a shot, let's say 12 teams, Zach Wilson gets in. He has a shot and he carries BYU to the national championship. He's that great. He carries BYU to the national championship. Like you said, you would sell a lot more fans on that, but it's just the likelihood because they're still underdogs within the Power Five conference. Like we consider right. Power Five matchups upsets. We consider Indiana, you know, possibly beating Ohio State. That would have been an upset. And that's in a Power Five. So there's still Power Five underdogs that would rise to prominence and be considered a Cinderella. If Indiana won the national championship last year, exactly. it would be a Cinderella. Yes. I it's don't just, need BYU or Cincinnati to win the championship to say I have a Cinderella team. If yeah. If Indiana wins the national championship, that is a Cinderella team. If USC wins the national championship last year, based on what they put out on the field, they are a Cinderella team. Nobody expected them to win. Right. And that's within the Power Five. I could get the Cinderella story within the Power Five. The whole, like, give the little guys a chance and I need a Cinderella outside of that. To me, that's where I have, like, you don't need – there's Cinderellas within that. Indiana I, I, totally agree. I think that's probably – on a, and, and I'm being totally honest here. Like this show's a lot of fun, but out of out of all the discussions I've heard in the last week about this, that's the one that makes the most sense because I think Mo come, you know, we come from the same place as we're ridiculous. Like we're in the ridiculous level of college football fans, and he's totally right about that. Like the the definition of Cinderella will be different, but the it can come from within a Power Five. It doesn't it doesn't have to be a George Mason or and uh, or a even a BYU, Coastal Carolina, whatever. It can be from, you know, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if, um, I don't know, Mississippi State gets in out of the SEC, that's a huge upset compared to what we have right now between Alabama and LSU and Georgia, Florida. Yeah, like if those teams can get in, if, if the 12 seed wins, they're going to be mad underdogs in probably every game that they'll play because they'll go from 12 to 5, and so they're they're already playing the best team available at that point. That's an upset. That's just already, oh, my God, because we say the gap is so big. We look at Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson, and we looked at the playoff last year, and we're like, you know, the gap between those three teams and everybody else was huge. And, and to be honest, if you look at Alabama and you looked at Ohio State last year, the gap between them two, it was Alabama, and the gap between the next best team, Ohio State, was big in talent. Yeah. And then you go to after that, the gap between Ohio State and Clemson was huge outside of Trevor Lawrence. Clemson ain't belong on the field with Ohio State. And then you go Notre Dame, and then you drop off completely. You stop those drop-offs if you have 12 teams being able to compete because 
certain players start making certain decisions to go and, to other schools. And I'll be honest with you too. Like we, I understand that it's, it's, it's a downside, but it's also a reality. Like you play a couple extra games, that's more injuries that, that levels things out. Like I know that sucks that you don't get to see the two teams at the top of their game, but that's part of it. You guys watch the NFL. Like you love the NFL, Rob, you know, you know how much injuries affect like the playoffs. Um, you know, uh, uh, we saw what happened to Kansas city chiefs last year. I think we all believe that if it's a if it's a one game deal between them and Tampa Bay, Kansas City has a pretty good chance. But you start nicking away at the offensive line, some injuries. Next thing you know, Tampa Bay's you know they're holding up the trophy because they were healthier. Um, he saw it firsthand with his Washington football team. If they didn't, if Alex Smith was healthy all year and goes into that playoff game, they're the even better. With Taylor Heineke had a chance of beating the Super Bowl champs with their what fourth string quarterback. We're yeah. talking about the fourth quarterback in the year. So injuries happen, period, point blank. But you look at, yeah, there could have been a different outcome, but you've seen that firsthand with your team. You And I know you solely believe, I feel like a lot of people solely believe, Washington probably wins that game with as close as it was. Washington probably wins that game if they I weren't the fourth quarterback. I, if, if we got time, I'd really love to like, because Kenneth is a casual fan, which I don't understand that about college football, I would love to just hear his thoughts on like, just how he feels about the playoff in general, if you if you don't mind, Rob, because I, I don't I don't understand the word casual and college football fan in the same sentence. Well, I mean, a, a big reason why the casual side does pop up in Canada is because finding the games is tough in general. I mean, you you, you get your Power Five games like Ohio State's typically on, Clemson's typically on, Bama's typically on. Like you you see some of these kind of proving our point too. Yeah, like like some of those are on like I didn't see Coastal Carolina the entire year I don't think you could find that game up here I don't think you could find BYU up here so it's tough to talk about teams like that but I mean from the casual side watching the the debate every week of the college football rankings of the top four is always something that fascinated me because from the outside perspective it's 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 I don't know. Like it, it, it's it fascinates me because of the obsession around the top four, right? Like it feels like every every Monday, what's the thing that they lead off with? It's NFL, and then it goes straight into here is the top four rankings. Did they get it right? Well, this team won by X amount, and they beat a quality team, and this team lost to, and it's just like so. In my mind, like it's tough to wrap my head around that because we don't have anything even close to that up here, like. We have the Vanier Cup up here. It's basically the same school wins it every year. Laval is our Alabama. Like the, it's that school, and then there's everyone else. So, but we don't even pay attention to that necessarily up here. So, college football as a whole is something that that is tough to follow. But I, I liked the four team playoff just from the outside perspective because I felt like it was competitive every week, and it felt like there was always there was always moving up and down like I'm a huge power rankings guy I love following that sort of stuff so for me as just a general sports fan following power rankings was always so fascinating but I, I liked the playoff I see why they're expanding to 12 um, if it does make it more competitive overall if it makes it where more college football games matter up here so it gets me to tune in more and become more invested in college football then I definitely would 
I mean, you can be invested in college football no matter what. You don't need a Spencer Rattler playing. You can just choose just to watch the game. But but I, I understand what you're saying, though. So I I guess so here here's what I'm I'm gonna say about first of all, 12 teams is way too many. Um, because you're gonna have to take games away from the regular season. Well, that is something to ha- yeah, touch on this cruise because that's because something that, you're gonna have to take of. away games from the regular season, or you're gonna possibly have to do away with a conference championship game. I'm sure you know money money talks and they'll more likely do away with regular season games. So now you're you're going from what is it now like a 10 to 13 game season for depending it's on 12, your school. Right most oh, of them 12, are 12. Right right most are 12. 12 right, yeah. So now if you're playing a 12 team playoff, you're probably playing playing 6 to 8 game regular season because then you have your conference championship, you have the break for for the the winter break because schools still get that and then you go into now now you got to play four to five weeks of of playoff football which yes for the fans it would be great because obviously top tier football you you want that more often but to go back to the whole because i know you guys talked on the scheduling a lot on on sunday the reason probably the only reason i like a 12 team playoff is one because in a perfect world the small guy at least gets a shot i'm not saying you know, spots eight through twelve have to be BYU, Boise State, you know, San Diego State, Fresno. They don't have to. But if you're that BYU, if you're that San Diego State, if you're Fresno State, you might be looking at okay, let me take on Oregon or let me take on you know uh, Illinois. You might be looking at a a probably a lower level Power Five school that you could you know you could run with. You might not beat them 10 times out of 10, but you just have to have to have that one good night and you can beat them. Now we're talking about a Mountain West school saying, okay, well, they just beat a power five school. And if at the end of the day, a power five school is still a power five school that has to count for something. And then, you know, you get that win, you get, you get that notability. Let's say you get into the playoff on that win, basically. Now other school, now the incoming recruits, that three, four-star guy that would normally go and ride the bench for three years at Clemson or Bama might go to BYU, might go to UCF to kind of, you know, if if we can just sneak in, you give us a chance. That is the only reason I remotely like a 12-team playoff. I think just re- in your scenario, though, I think, in the very, I'll say in five years, in the first five years of this scenario, and obviously not the first year, because everybody, every recruit is still going to continue to go where they go, and all the other future recruits are going to watch this thing play out and, and see how it's built. But I think you're more likely to, in the first five years, build up these Power 5 teams. And that's another reason. I think the Power 5 teams are more likely to get built up, and I'm not talking about the big time. I'm talking about your Indiana's, you know, uh, even your Auburns who who are really good, but like they could become great. They'd be one or two positions away from like, man, they really they, they match up with Alabama well besides they're missing their quarterback. So I think you start building up some of these like middle of the pack in their conference power five schools first. I think 
Oregon starts getting even more quality recruits. I think USC gets back to prominence. I think guys start going flood into Texas a little bit. Texas A&M, Texas Tech. I think you're more likely in the first five years to build up those guys than the chance of, I'm going to go to BYU. I'm going to go to Coastal Carolina. I'm going to go to UCF. For the simple fact, you still, you talk about the playoffs, but you still got to think about weeks one through 12 or weeks one through 13, however you want to look at it. Those guys still want them national TV games on a weekly basis, not just the playoffs. That also becomes another problem. They want to be seen one through 13. And if I'm Rutgers, I put Rutgers on TV. They end up getting on TV playing Iowa randomly on ESPN while there's a big-time matchup. Alabama plays Auburn on CBS or something, and you see Rutgers and Iowa on ESPN. You're not tuned into that. Nobody really cares about that. But now they got a couple four-star recruits. They got a five-star back. So you start building up, I think, in the first five years – you probably do away with some of the smaller schools and guys like Zach Wilson don't end up in BYU. Uh, unless they have a major coach, you start seeing those guys go from like maybe BYU to, you know, uh, Rutgers or Maryland or, or, you know, ACC Miami gets built back up. You build Miami back to prominence. You, you maybe even Duke, who knows? Like maybe Duke football starts becoming really good. Maybe North Carolina football. You like, you just never know being in a power right. five. Maybe they start North Carolina. Be, well, Decent. So now they maybe they take that jump. People be like, oh, my God, you know, they're such a basketball school. Let's make the football great. Well, so I, I think in the first five years, you see a power five build up first before you see UCF build up. What you're going to I got a question for a great question for Cruz. I've been want, wanting to ask him all week. But real quick, what you're going to have too is it's somewhere one of these schools going to do the Memphis thing. Like you guys remember Memphis and college basketball. A coach is going to go to a you know, uh, one of these schools that Mo's talking about, and he's going to get five, like kind of like Houston did a few years ago. Like, yep. if you guys just follow me, and they're and they're going to try that. Well, that's fine. I'm I'm all for that. The kids decide. What I want to ask Cruz though is, as a Pac-12 guy, aren't aren't you tired of hearing about like Pac-12 is irrelevant now? All the SEC, even the Big Ten talk, like the East Coast stuff. Like, don't you want you know? The Pac-12, like I'm telling you, at the end of the year last year, like USC was a pretty good football team. Mm-hmm. They were bordering like if they'd have had a full season. I think USC, like if you just take that team in a vacuum, they were good enough to play anybody in the country. Like, aren't you ready to, you know, not have to fight the SEC and the Big Ten and and Clemson for one of these spots when you know that, you know, okay, you had a bad loss in October, keeps you out of the playoffs. Yes, to short answer is yes. Obviously, I'm I'm because I grew up in the early 2000s. You know, that's when I became a USC fan, and it was all Pac-12. Pac-12 Don't, was, I mean, was everything. Wouldn't you want to see 2003 USC have a shot at the oh, national ab- titles? What I'm absolutely, asking. absolutely, and that's why but, I say like you you, and that that's perfect, Jeff. Because I, I've been wondering the same thing. With four teams, the Pac-12 gets shafted every year. Besides every that one year, year totally Oregon, sha- I agree. I agree. Besides that one year, and I, I won't say shafted because typically is the, the best team in the Pac-12. Are they typically better than any four teams that make it? No, but do they deserve a shot? Like, that's my biggest thing is mm-hmm. with 12 teams, the, every Power 5 conference champ, because they, they've, they've stated it, six comp, the highest ranking six conference championships. So I would imagine all Power 5 conference champs and then – the highest rank out of BYU, Cincinnati, blah, 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 automatic bids. 
don't you want to see the Pac-12 champ get a shot at a national title? Because if it continues the trend at four, it's it's probably never going to happen. Like it's 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 like it's almost like America, right? Like, right. Y'all are the minorities right now. Y'all have to be ten times better than right. the majority just to even be in the conversation. So now you open the field the same way, like you know. You open some rights and boom, now we got a shot. Now, team, you've seen a dip in talent at Oregon. You've seen a dip in talent at USC. And that's crazy to me because those are prominent programs. But, right. man, the Pac-12 so disrespected. You've seen a drop-off in talent in the Pac-12 completely. Mm -hmm. Just a couple years ago, Washington had a really good team. USC had a really good team. So did, so did Oregon. And that's just a couple years ago. But now that they've – people trying, oh, we can make it. We can make them great. We can make the Pac-12 get a shot. Bro, they have to be 10 times better than the right. fourth best team in the country just to even be considered. Right. So just to clarify, I don't like the 12-team playoff. I also despise the 14-team playoff. I do have a perfect okay. solution, though, I do, which I'll get into in, in a few minutes when we start wrapping up. But Jeff made a really good point on your show the other night, Mo, um, when he said when he talked about coaches, coaches being able to stay at the mid-major schools. And the example he he used, and he's very familiar with this person, as am I, because he was in the state of Ohio when I was living there, Luke Fickle. Mm -hmm. You see these coaches do well at mid-major schools and then jump directly to a power five school and then leave that previous school, you know, in shambles. Charlie Strong looked really good at Louisville and then um, USF or vice versa. He was at USF, looked really good, and then went to Louisville, looked really good, and then went to Texas, while Louisville and USF are still trying to rebuild. Um, Scott Frost built that that you know national championship team at UCF, went to Nebraska with my guy. Uh, I want everybody to acknowledge that Cruz just used air quotes. That's very important when he said that. It, it, I'm Are the I, audio listeners. I, I don't. Champs. Yes, they claim themselves national champs. I don't agree with it, but certain situations like that, and this is why I want little schools to at least have a chance. Um, yeah, I, I was a great point, Jeff, and I loved it. You know, mid, these mid-major schools are able going to be able to keep their coaches because at least gives them a shot. It yeah, if Cincinnati is competitive, even if they are that ten to twelve seed every year, you're still in the playoff, and you're still able and and you might get you might eventually make that run into you and you make that deep run, and then next thing you know, the Big Ten is calling. Hey, Cincinnati, you want to come join the Big Ten? And there you go. There you now go. you're in the power five. And and it, it will I think eventually it will balance out. But before we wrap up, I will give I, I do have a perfect solution. And I've thought about this basically since day one. And I will say I'm even not a huge fan of my own perfect solution, but I think this is as good <laughs> as it could possibly be. Because one thing I do not like, and I hated it in the BCS, was the automatic qualifiers. <clears throat> the lined up with um with the conference, because I don't remember what year it was. I believe it was 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. We had like a six-win UConn team who has mm. never been a football school. I think their biggest uh, their biggest name is uh, Dan Orlovsky. I think he went to UConn. Never heard him. Uh, me either. So <laughs> years like that, and I, and I hated it, but a few years before that, you had a Boise State team who went three straight years of beating Oregon to go to a BCS bowl game against Oklahoma and end up winning it. So, mm -hmm. so when, when 
so that that kind of brings me back to when you say, "Oh, there's no way that these teams are going to win." They can. They just need a couple plays because that's all Boise State needed. They needed a couple plays to bounce their way. They had that hook and ladder, and, and then the Statue of Liberty. The and two Cruz, most famous plays in in college football history. And Cruz, if those if that's the playoffs, uh, maybe maybe Chris Peterson stays there, and maybe yeah. like Boise, maybe Boise State is what we're talking about Gonzaga football right now. That that's right. kind of my point. And that's and, when. That's when just to, to go back to a point earlier, real quick. That's when those bowl games mattered, though. Like, that's another thing is yeah. making those bowl games matter again. Winning the Fiesta Bowl was everything for Boise State, but had Oklahoma won that game, it was everything for Oklahoma to win the Fiesta Bowl that year. So, that's another thing is you taking away from those bowl games mattering now to they go back to ma- they, they matter again. Well, Yes and no. The bowl games did matter. Obviously, we all watched the BCS bowl games and they we had a vested interest because you made the point earlier, Mo, that, you know, if Ohio State or USC wasn't one or two playing in that national championship game. Yes, they're playing in the Rose Bowl, which the Rose Bowl is probably the biggest bowl game or was the biggest bowl game out of all of them. Was is a key word right there. Was. Was. But we 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 all grew up. Well, Kenneth doesn't. I, you know, I don't know if he's ever seen a Rose Bowl, but we we grew up in a Rose Bowl world where it mattered so much, and then yeah. we've all saw it become like a couple years. Let's talk about this. I mean, what was it? Three or four years ago, Ohio State whips USC. You know that that would twenty we years ago would, would have. But what I'm what I mean is, uh, we don't care either, Cruz. Like that game, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like honestly, that's how I feel about that game. Yeah. I'm like, we're not in the playoffs, whatever. That's like, but 30 years ago, that would have been yeah. my life. Like, yeah, yeah like, I, absolutely. Rose Bowl was like winning the national championship for a big team who wasn't one or two. Or like yeah. if like if we would have seen Ohio State and USC as the number three and four team in the Rose Bowl. Oh my gosh. The winner of that was that was it was their the conference's national championship. That's, it was. Yeah, it, I think our point here is. I think our point is those 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 days are gone. And yeah, we, we can't be stuck in those days. But I'm sorry, Cruz. You go ahead, Mitch. No, you're I, good. I apologize. I stepped okay. all over your show tonight. But I'm I'm so glad you invited us on. Absolutely, I'm so glad you guys came on. So hey, your show was better than mine. I just want to throw that out there. I'm sorry. I, say that one more time. I didn't hear you. I enjoyed. Like I felt like this was a more structured. Like I didn't. <laughs> you did a better job than I did on this. <gasps> All right, maybe because I started with the outlandish take. Maybe everybody got disinterested, but you did a better job than I did. I could see, and, and you, you but did. That's not fair. You, you had to go first, Mo. So let's. You yeah, know. it's true. It's true. But that's true. And you, you had like way. you had like six people on. So I, tough. that is true. That's, and, that's and I know the you struggles guys are three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's uh, not our true draft, our draft show was tough. Oh, having a full, a full, basically a full room. We had. 10 people in that's the most we can have that's the most i could have and like on six this. iphones and, and we still had two to three people at one point in, in the green in, you know backstage trying to get on so that was tough because obviously a four-hour show we're not going to stay on topic the entire time so much fun can't wait to do it again next year but yes i i appreciate that more that does mean a lot to me i do try to structure my shows very well um because i've i've had shows where they go completely off the wall but i will say this on the other side of it mo killed it tonight like i think we i think we're we all feel better about 12 team playoff after listening to mo tonight y'all might but i don't but so (laughs) yeah my man i've never been sold on a 12 team playoff anyways i i i never will be because i believe that's just 
one, I, I I do look at it, look at the sport and the game more of the player side, and that's a lot of physical damage. I agree, to a player's body. That's why I don't like the seventeen game uh, season in in uh, the NFL, even I though agree. yeah, it's an extra week of football. Which sure, the fan in me loves that, but these players already take a toll. They're they're starting from behind the eight ball, trying to get all this coverage for after they retire. We see all these players. You know, unfortunately, taking their own lives due to CTE, which, and so I, I do look at it a lot more from the player's perspective, and and that's why I don't like it. But here, here's my solution. And again, I I'm not a huge fan of it, but I think this is the best we're gonna get to make enough people happy where we can say, all right, because do any of us really expect you know more than once every let's say ten years that a 12 seed would make a run? and beat a one-seed Ohio State or a one-seed Alabama to win a national championship? No. 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 Ten times out of – or I will say eight, nine times out of ten, you're going to get those top three or four teams winning, uh, just like with the uh, Cinderella's in, in the NCAA tournament. You can have a George Mason make it all the way to the Final Four. But I think that year it was still a blue blood team who ended up winning. Wasn't it Duke? I, oh, I don't remember. 06 would have been Florida. That's that right. sounds about right. I, I will I will say to play devil's advocate, though, like if you go back through time, there are years to where Ohio State and Alabama with pretty good teams would have been in the bottom half of the bracket. Like the Cinderella is not always BYU. Like sometimes sure. it might it might be a two loss Ohio State or, you know, our USC team like last year would have been a great example. USC sneaks in at 11. They could have easily took out Clemson. So just to be devil's advocate, but I, I agree with you, Cruz, like maybe, maybe once in a decade, we get a, right. we get um, a non power five team win. Right. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, man. Again. Sorry. So here we go. So eight teams, 18 playoff, each of the power five, their conference champion automatic. They're in it's uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's the best, I think the best way to make a majority of the people happy, that leaves you with three at-large bids. I think number uh, one of them, whether it's number six or number eight, is the highest-ranked group of five team. Or or you can even say undefeated group of five team. I think they would rather go highest-ranked because if you have an undefeated, let's say, Fresno State at 24 against a one-loss BYU at 19, Obviously, you're going to want the, the higher rank because if you don't, you're going to say, well, they weren't even ranked higher than us. You're saying they're not the better team, but yeah, you let them in. So highest ranked group of five. And the other two, <clears throat> who cares? I, I don't care. You can do another two SECs. I, I I don't care at that point. But sure, let's just say for argument's sake, it's going to be two more uh, power five power five schools. I think that's as good as you're going to get to make as many people happy as you possibly can. Because each of the five, because the biggest problem with the 14 playoff right now is that one conference, sometimes two, because we've referenced it a million times, we will always reference it, the SEC bias is real. The reason SEC teams, their strength of schedule is so high is because you're putting all those SEC teams uh, 1 through 15 when really you're looking at maybe four of them deserve to be in the top 25. I believe that the Big Ten from top to bottom, is the best conference in football. 
because you consistently you consistently have obviously Ohio State, you got Michigan, Michigan State isn't far off, Iowa's not far off. You obviously got Penn State, Minnesota. They're 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 you know they had a few good seasons last year, eh, but again COVID. You got Wisconsin. You look at the SEC, Alabama, Auburn, sometimes LSU, Georgia. Outside of those four schools, Florida. you're looking at they're, they're pretty good. They're pretty you good. Got, you, got, you got Florida though. I, I I hate Florida, but you you got Florida. Okay, you got Florida. SEC is really top heavy. Like I said, top to bottom, I believe Big Ten is better. SEC is is top heavy because you have again Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, sometimes Auburn. They're like every other year. Then you look at the bottom. You have Vanderbilt, who is absolutely nothing. The only time Vanderbilt has been in the news the last seven years was when Sarah Fuller ended up playing, having to play kicker for the for the football team. Uh, Tennessee is pretty much irrelevant. They recruit very very well, but their coaches they don't they don't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not process. They're, they're trash. Like they, yeah, they they don't they don't bring the kids up. Um, Arkansas, shout out to our boy Steven. Trash. Arkansas, garbage. So, I mean, the SEC is really top heavy. Once you get to the middle, down to the bottom, I'll, I'll, I'll take Big Ten football any I day of the week. Even. I think they're even. And if I lined up, here's the thing if I lined up the teams one through 12 or 13, I don't know how many teams we got no more, but we'll say one through 12. I think. I think they're realistically fairly even, in my opinion. Like the whole SEC, but I think they're fairly even because you look at Bama, you look at Ohio State. All right, cool. You look at Georgia, you look at Wisconsin. I think those teams are fairly even. To to be honest, I think Georgia, Wisconsin are fairly even. I think if they played on a neutral field, I think it'd be a 50 50. Go down the line, who would be next? Penn State. You're talking about Penn State and Florida. We'll go Florida. Because the past five years, LSU has had one really hot year. Other than that, they've been like a two to three loss team consistently. We'll go Penn State. I think Penn State is even with Florida. Like I think the tops are fairly even. One for one, two for two, three for three, four for four. I think they're fairly mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the Big Ten in the middle of the pack, I think they take the advantage. I think when you put Iowa, Minnesota, and Michigan State, I think they take the advantage over who's their middle of the pack. Uh Auburn, Arkansas, and well, I mean, you have Texas A&M in there now. It's, it's yeah. tough because put some respect on Texas A&M. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah, just, now, so it, but I think right now is a tough time to do this because Big Ten was trash last year. So now's a, now's a tough a time. COVID COVID. You can't that's what I'm saying. But, 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 but if people, people are going to listen to this and they're going right. to understand that Florida would have beat Michigan State by – 150 points. The Big Ten had the most opt out, opted out players in. in I understood. It's a tough conversation to have right now. Let's wait yeah, till after right. the end You're of right. next year. Yeah, after Ohio State win the national championship, we'll, we'll go. To I that. would feel better. I'll feel better yeah. about that. All right. So, so again, so we have when we have eight teams, top five are the five conference champions of the Power Five get automatic bid, one through five, however you want to see them. Uh, group of five school, highest ranking group of five school gets a gets a bid, and the other two d- do what you want. Whether you want to let a l- another little guy in if you think they can do it, or if you just want to make money, cool. Put put a four loss Georgia team in there. I don't care at this point. What do you guys think? 
was Cruz. That this is what I thought would happen is what you're talking about. I honestly thought that's the way they were going to go. I want to throw this hypothetical out for these. We're going to if we want to call them the little guys, the the non power fives or whatever. Should it be a requirement that they absolutely have to have a? I don't know how you quantify it, but at least a you know at least a power five on their schedule. Yes. You know, because I don't think it's fair. Because here, here was the argument against BYU last year. At the end of the year, yeah, they look great and they did all this, but they're not beat up, and that's what an SEC fan like right now is screaming at their headphones because they're like, "Wait a minute, we have to play," you know, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Texas A and M. Like Texas A and M would tell you last year that I'm sure BYU couldn't have played their schedule physically. There, mm-hmm. this is the breakdown in, in that system. So, like, we've got to find something to force teams to play each other. And whether that's, we talked about the other night, whether that's, you know, Big Ten, Pac 12 has to have some sort of series at the beginning of the year, so on and so forth. But also, like, Coastal Carolina, if you want to be eligible for the playoffs, you have to schedule a SEC team. If it starts out being Vanderbilt, so be it. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm we all gotta for it. St- you, you see what I'm saying? Though? we got to oh, yeah. start somewhere. Because yeah, so, if, yeah. if not, what I said, we're going to have a Memphis situation and like eight five-star recruits are going to go to Coastal Carolina and get an automatic pass to the playoffs. And you can schedule like, yeah, you can start off. You be smart about it. You build your program. You start off scheduling Rutgers or Vanderbilt or well, anything. Whoever. But I like, understand that that's yeah. That's a big ask for NCAA, and this is where Cruz has like it's Cruz versus NCAA, and Cruz wins, you know, in a in a Almost three like, round three round TKO. Um, so I'll take then, on anybody from the NCAA. I I, I welcome. But that's it. just that's just my argument against the the smaller schools, which once again a twelve team kind of helps that because even if twelve wins, I w- I want their next game just like if you're in the SEC or Big Ten or Pac twelve, I want that next game to be like oh wait. That was a big upset. Guess who's next week? Uh, Texas A&M, USC, yeah. Oregon. And then if we win that, guess what? Another one. But that's what SEC, Big Ten, ACC even, that's what they do constantly. So yeah. that that's why I'm a, not a big Cinderella guy because it's just they, – they, they just don't have the same degree of difficulty as even an Indiana. Like an Indiana was, you know, fighting and had a great season – Northwestern, they get nothing for it, you know. And BYU's out here, like, you know, playing seven on seven. It's just not the same game. Mm-hmm. But not that they shouldn't have a chance, but like they need force to play USC in the middle of the season. Yeah, that's I, all. I com- I completely agree. I, I yeah, hundred percent agree. I'm all for it because that that will really give us, you know, that'll show us that if all those group of five schools do play a power five school, and let's say they do schedule Vanderbilt or Illinois or Rutgers. And they end up losing. Okay, clearly you can't you can't hang with the bottom feeders of the Big Ten or the Pac-12 of the SEC. You don't belong in in the playoff. But let's say BYU does and blows out Illinois. Then we got win by 25, 30, 40 points, and Zach Wilson looks phenomenal. Then you're like, okay, the, these guys maybe they can play, and of course, of course, put them in there. That, that's enough. all. I do Fair want enough. the little guy to have a shot. I'm again, I'm not saying put all the bottom seeds to be Power Five schools. But at least I want at least one. Fair enough. At least one. That's all I want. Yeah, I agree with this scenario. I mean, like, I don't I don't disagree. 
The only thing that I point out that with eight, you would still, I mean, you're going to argue with, like you said, with eight, with 12, with 24. Like you yep. have 24 and you're going to argue 25 through 28. You're going to have 12 and argue 13 through 16. But with eight, my only thing about it is I want to be able to see something that prevents SEC bias as much as possible. And with eight, I agree with everything you said. All five, I think all five power conference champions, and that's why I was cool with, like, if they were to go six, all five conference champions, and then one, like one at large bid, because you're you're really talking about, I'm kind of a big believer, if you don't win your conference because of the way college football is set up, why should you have a chance at a national championship? So I, I like four, but I don't like that another conference champion makes a con- or two makes a conference not matter. So I'm not a big fan of that. I don't like seeing the Big Twelve because get maybe your coach maybe your coach goes for a field goal when he should have punted and you get upset in the middle of the season, and then you don't win your conference championship, Mo. That's a good reason. I mean that's one that's yeah. just off the top of my head. But I just don't like like the Big Twelve. Like I don't like the Big Twelve getting shafted year in the year out. Like I think the conference champions should matter. But the only problem is what I see consistently happening is let's say we did it like that this year. Just perspective of, bro, the two teams probably end up being Texas A&M and Florida. Those end up being probably your two other at-bids, and we'll give Coastal Carolina because Coastal Carolina beat BYU. But Cruz Cruz brought up a good point that I don't think once we open it up, I don't think that they will vote the same as they do now. It's just the perspective of like if we did it, this just who it would have been Texas A&M, Florida, and I would have went Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati. I wouldn't have went BYU. I don't care nothing about Zach Wilson. They lost to Coastal Carolina, so Coastal Carolina deserved anything over BYU or Cincinnati. So you're talking about it's still like I think 12 can it still will probably be three SEC teams at the very least, but there's still more opportunity for other teams where even at eight, either I have to win my conference or I have to be a part of the SEC to get a spot or I have to be a little guy one way or the other. And I'm all for a little guy getting a shot if they deserve it. If Coastal right. Carolina finishes undefeated, beats a quality team like BYU, who was considered quality with a star quarterback. All right, cool. Let's, let's give them a shot and, and let's prove everybody right or prove everybody wrong. Let's give them a shot and kill the noise. And then maybe they get murdered by 70, you know, the same way, like, these guys beat up on little teams and then boom. All right, we'll never give them a shot again. Or we'll, it'll be a few years until we see a team worthy. Yeah. But I don't think Cincinnati falls in that same category as Coastal Carolina, BYU. They a little bit bigger than that. They're still a non-power five, but they're a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. In my opinion, they're, they're in what? The, the, what used to be Big East? So yeah, was the AAC. The American Athletic Conference, but it used yeah. to be the Big East. So I still give them, they're a little bit bigger than that. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's still I, the only thing I feel like, and, and it's going to happen no matter what, 8, 12, 24. You know, if we have 24 teams, we got seven SEC teams in there. Like, it's going to happen. But I do think those last seven and eight, however you want to look at it, turn out to be the two SEC teams in like a year. Like, this year, just it, it won't shake up like that. But just but Saban's not going to be at Alabama forever. I know you guys are young and don't remember it, but like it hasn't always been like this. True. This is this isn't the this is really since since Florida destroyed Ohio State in 2006. That's when this started. Like yeah. it hasn't been forever that it that they've actually for a while. Like I would say, Pac-12 and Big Ten got the pass. So like and yeah. Jeff, we went through our, we went you know Ohio State even went through their rough patch. Uh, after yeah, every team, every conference, season and a half rough patch. It was like two. 
Man, it was like, like I it said, was like six games in a row that were rough. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you don't know our pain, Cruz. Yeah, you're, you're right. Wrong, I don't. Boyle, you're right. I don't. Game a year at max. Yeah. That's the definition so, of first world problems, right? There. Right. I know. <laughs> I remember. I I remember. I, I had those problems back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Exactly. You were spoiled and had a great right. team every year. So yeah. you're like, now imagine yeah. that lasted for 20 Game. years. That's what yeah. we feel like. You get it. So, so let me ask you this, Mo, real quick <laughs> before we wrap it up. You said earlier that even if a team makes the last seed of the playoffs, despite what their record was, you know, overcoming adversities, it's still important. It still matters, right? That's what you said. What? Wait, what? You said that no matter what a team's record is, even if they make the playoffs, it's something to be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. does that count for the NFL as well? I mean, yeah, I'm going to trash talk. Okay, you. okay. I just want you to keep that same energy next time. I want to well, be, keep I that be same fair, energy Cruz. when I get brought up. Mo said on. nice stuff about the Washington football team tonight. I was so proud of him. But, but hold on, no. We're not doing NFC East talk. I'm out. No, 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 no. What I'm, all I'm saying is, bro, yes, like y'all winning the division matter. That's just me talking. But getting to the playoffs is a successful season for – most teams, most teams have Super Bowl aspirations. Everybody can't win the Super Bowl. So my whole thing is to say that a 12 seed didn't have a successful season in this scenario, in the playoff scenario, is crazy to me. Because to, if that's the case, only one team has true success every year. It's not all about but the championship. You I still will have success. I'll say but this. It, success is the championship. If a high state loses as a 12 seed, that's a complete failure. Like I am not on board with that. Complete failure. Unless but they're the playing with six unless like they're playing with seven standard. guys. I'm just that's why I'm I'm just me personally, like as far as the college football level, if we lose as a 12 seed, we better have seven players on the field. Well, I'm yeah, just, I'm I mean, just saying that's how I as feel. A, as a one seed, like a one or two seed, it's not just success to get there. Like you got, you got to at least win a game as a top two seed. But when the eight, nine, ten, they make it every year. You start having teams who are regulars in that eight, nine, and ten, and then they jump to be that five, Agreed. six. They jump to be that conference champion. But for the one and two, it's just like when Tom Brady lost in the first round. That's not success. We know the Patriots gonna make the playoffs. For you to yeah. get lose in the first round, that's not success. But certain teams, certain players, certain organizations get held to different standards. Fair but ultimately, enough. that twelve seed. That gets there. We'll put it at whoever it would have been this year, but or whatever. Northwestern, probably Northwestern. Yeah. To say that Northwestern gets there as a 12 seed, loses to the five seed. Oh, their season was just horrible. It wasn't, though. They made the playoffs. They got to play that playoff game. They build off of that. When you make the playoffs, you build off of that. Now, okay, we see you you building blocks. Teams don't, outside of like exceptions like the Bucks of last year. Teams don't typically go from not making the playoffs to just winning championships. Like that's not an every year thing that happens is you didn't even make the playoffs last year. Now all of a sudden you're winning a championship and you're seeing it. It's a weird year because we might see that in basketball. Like you never know. Phoenix could win and like, man, they ain't even make the playoffs. They might win the championship. And we just seen it in football. That's not an every year occurrence. If you didn't make the playoffs, you start with baby steps. Just like your Washington team. Y'all make the playoffs. Y'all play a tough game against Tampa. All right, we got something to build on. Now, as a fan, you're like, okay, now let's win a playoff game. Let's let's mm -hmm. take the next step, get there and win a playoff game. Let's win the division, win a playoff game. Boom. Then the next year, you start looking at, okay, let's try and get to the conference championship. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wouldn't say that a 12 seed. Now, if a 12 seed is 
the same team every year, always at 12. Eventually, it's like, all right, bro, y'all got to do something. Like, y'all just the 12 seed. We expect y'all to be there. Y'all got to do something. But teams that make the playoffs, it is but successful for a lot of teams. Expect expectations help. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. think that's a, I think that's a good point. At, rather than being like, oh, you know, good job, guys. Like, no, you should be disappointed in your team. Like, that builds it, the 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 program. Like, I've always been a fan of that. So, no, no, no. It's, I, I see your point there. Yeah, it's just, for me, the point that a team that doesn't, like, win the national championship didn't have like, – to say Ohio State didn't have a successful season to me is crazy. Yeah, we got blown out of the national championship. Honestly, as a spoiled fan, like, look, I wanted the national championship – but to say, like, our season is just – like, oh, that was a horrible season, it wasn't. We had a lot of things. COVID if, they lo- if, they'd, if they'd have lost to Clemson, I'd have been – I wouldn't have been satisfied. If they lost to Clemson, but, like, to no, go – It's all how you – it's all – it's your expectations coming into it. Yeah. Like, Cruz, I'll ask you this. If Washington football team has the exact same season next year, would you be would you be just as, quote-unquote, satisfied? Exact same season. Make the playoff and lose in the first round? Yeah. And and you know same win loss and everything. I don't no, I don't know no. if you'd feel the same. I think that's I, what I don't know if I would. You I mean, but that, that's just being a fan. That's yeah, and that but doesn't mean that they would deserve it. As me, as a neutral fan, or or you know Kenneth, who you know is a fan of. Uh, I believe Kenneth, you're a, a Cowboys fan. I think you are Cowboys fan, sort of. Sadly, so what I'm saying is that we might see it as like, man, they had a great year, but. As a fan of your team, you might be like, "Nah, it wasn't enough." Yeah, I get what you're saying. That, when you make the playoffs, two different conversations. I, I think if you win three or four more games, go to the playoffs, lose first round, at least you've seen progress. Yeah. Like I think the NFC East, obviously, it's a different measuring stick based off of what it took to win the division last year. But I mean, if you go from being a six-seven win team to being a ten or eleven win team. You lose in the first round to, let's say, a talented team on the other side. Then I still think that it's progress. I think you got to grade it yeah. season to season. Does yeah. that make? Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. think yeah. you feel good. That's about my that. point is it's season by season. You it's small building blocks. So yeah. the twelve seed making it there and getting blown out by the five seed doesn't mean, bro, you you didn't deserve to be there. That team was just better, but you got a building block. Now you're Northwestern. You're going in the next season. You're like, all right, we the twelve seed. We got adjustments to make. You yeah. have two adjustments to make. How can we be a little bit better? How can we not have that uneven matchup and be the temp seed and play somebody in our ballpark of seven? Like, so I, I you have building blocks once you make the playoffs. So I think with this 12 Fair team, enough. it's going to be a lot more teams that have a lot more building blocks. Coaches be able to do a lot more homework That's and, a, yeah. and, and continue to build a program. It's a lot easier to build a program. All right, I'm 12. What does it take to get to 10? When you don't shoot like I'm 12, how do I be number one? Baby steps. I'm 12. How do I be 10 to get a favorable matchup? All right. We won a game as a 10 seed and then got knocked off by the better team. Okay. Cause we had to play one of the top four teams. How do I go, you know, to whatever's next? How do I go from 10 to seven? How do I go from yep. seven to five? But you continue to build, you continue to see progress. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. So, so with that, everybody who watched, everybody who, who listens to the audio version, I greatly appreciate you tuning in. Mo, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, um, Up in Flames Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Up in Flames Sports Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, and make sure you go check out offtheballnetwork.com. And also, if you're not doing anything after the show, go check out my guy Chris and all of them. They're going to do the 2K League show live on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. So be sure to go check that out. Pretty much will be starting immediately after this. So make sure if you, you know, 
you not you ain't got nothing to do for the rest of the night. Go check out those guys live on Dash Radio on the number that channel. But appreciate you for having me, Cruz. Always, always, Pop Father. Hey, hey, Cruz. Uh, thanks again, man. You run a great show. I love being on it. Um, this is my wheelhouse. The season is ramping up. I think we're under eighty days uh, to Buckeye football right now. I do. I do a Buckeye podcast every week. Uh, I do Jeff needs sports. I do NBA stuff. I, I right now, like my wheelhouse is being a guest on all these guys' great shows. Um, doing a, you know a little bit of writing for the network. So of course, once again, offtheballnetwork.com. You know, Jeff needs sports. You can get at me at Jay Hunt on Twitter. Um, college football is ramping up. This is exciting. Um, and it, I think it's going to be a great season. And um, we, we can talk a little bit about this crazy NBA game that happened while we did this show. <laughs> Kenneth? You can find me on all social platforms at shooters underscore pod. Guys, I want to thank you for having this filthy casual on this uh, college football <laughs> show here. I will say that as a promise to you guys for educating me over the last hour and a half, I will tune into every Texas A&M game this season so I can stay up to date as to what's happening in college football. And uh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Always, always. It was fun having you guys on. You already know where you can find me, FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. This has been Cruise Island. Once again, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. See you guys next week.